We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Andy Herman of the Packaday Podcast. I'm here to tell you about TickPick. TickPick should be your very first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Packaday Podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This. Welcome in to the Wednesday edition of the Packet A Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dusty Evely. With me, as always, is Sarah. No Steve again today, unless he, I guess, pops up and surprises us, which is still very much in the cards. I know I'm bracing myself for the for whatever may come out of that. But uh, Sarah, how are you? How are you? Uh, how was your long Thanksgiving weekend? And, uh, you know, enjoying a nice Packers win. Yeah, I mean, Thanksgiving was great. It was very relaxing, which I know is kind of a word I never use around the holidays because usually I'm pretty stressed out and just, you know, have a lot going on. But it was definitely just restful. My family had a very small thing together, so it was just nice to be together and enjoy some great food and really just catch up and have great conversation. Um, and then, you know, UCF won, Packers won. So it was a nice weekend for me, for sure. What about you? Yeah, it was good. We had uh, we had two Thanksgiving, one relatively small and one a little bigger. Uh, so I ate too much food that, I, you know, two days worth of pies, um, which which I never thought I'd say this. Sarah, might be too much pies. Um but, you know, everything's okay. Everything's okay. I'm back to normal-ish, I guess. And someone else is back to normal-ish, Mr. Steve Perhatch. Steve, you're on the road for work, brother. How you been? Uh, good. We'll, we'll see how the internet does here at the La Quinta Inn and in Suites. I've not had great success so far, so this could be a short-lived stint with uh, joining you guys. You came in right on time because Dusty had literally just said, oh, I'm here with Sarah and maybe Steve will pop in at some point. That's, you know, <laughs> not out totally out there yet. So and then you just popped up on the screen right after you said that. Ears, so. The ears were ringing and I needed to join in. Just like magic. Just like magic. Well, mm-hmm. we're, we're all back together. Dream Team's back. We're here to talk about um, check. nothing. We have nothing to talk about. <laughs> we're going to start off with a couple news and notes. Uh, you know, the big one, I guess, big-ish one, the, the only one, uh, Devondre Campbell uh, went to the COVID list uh, yesterday. Uh, the good news, you know, obviously we, we hope he's okay. Uh, if he's with the bye week coming up, if he's asymptomatic, 
for 10 days, uh, he can be back on the field. And so if he's asymptomatic, he'll be back in time for the Bears game on the other side of the bye. Uh, Sarah, any Sarah, Steve, I guess, Sarah, go to you first. Any thoughts on uh, Devonder Campbell, the COVID? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I hope he's okay. Um, apparently, he's asymptomatic, which is good. And hopefully, it stays that way. But um, yeah, I mean, it stinks. So you, ne- you never want to hear that somebody has COVID. But as far as the Packers and logistics go, um, it's kind of, you never, it's never good timing to get COVID, but if he was going to get it any time during the season, this is where he at least has a window mm-hmm. to where he can maybe get out of quarantine, get better, and then not even have to miss a game. So, um, you know, send in good thoughts um, to him, and hopefully he has a quick and speedy recovery um, because, man, I love watching him on the field this year, and I'm sure Steve does too. So, <laughs> Steve I doesn't do. care one way or the other, I don't think, right, Steve? Oh, no, I don't like inside linebackers. Who cares? Right. It's why, why bother talking about it? That's for sure. But um, I've often said that you said that for like three years straight until we finally have a, the Packers finally have a good inside linebacker. And you're like, well, I've always thought they should invest highly in inside linebacker. No, I still don't believe they yeah, should. True. But uh. <laughs> I get you. I get you. But yeah, it's um, obviously kind of echo what Sarah said. It's not great timing, but. If, if it is going to happen, this is the time for it to happen. So uh, I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Uh, the other big note we've got, it's not even that big of a note, but it's something. Uh, the Packers-Ravens game in week 15 has been moved to 425. Somehow, Packers-Bears still sitting on Sunday night. I've not looked at the slate for that week. I have a hard time believing that's like one of the best games that week. But, man, whatever. So we've got Packers-Ravens, 425, week 15. I don't know that anyone – you know, cares about that. I think some people do care. Actually, do you guys care if it's like a, a noon game or four twenty-five? Steve, does that move the needle for you one way or another? I mean, it kind of interrupts dinner a little bit, which is kind of annoying. Um, and but yeah, outside of that, I don't. It doesn't matter what time they play because any anybody who's a fan that it's it's appointment viewing, and you're gonna figure out ways to make your schedule work for the most part to watch the Packer game. So yeah, it doesn't really doesn't really uh, bother me one way or the other. Sarah, you have strong feelings on the 425 slot? Not really. I do. I don't mind the 425 slot, though. I saw a lot of people on Twitter were complaining about it. But for me, I usually have to go grocery shopping and meal prep and do all of that on Sundays. And that kind of gives me the time to go to the store and do it in the morning um, and then just be done. And then I can be home the rest of the day. Um, But Again, if I have to move the schedule around and go earlier, watch the game, and then meal prep after or just do everything after, then so be it. I'm really like not going to be upset about it. That's fair. Yeah, I, I never thought one way or another, and I saw some people upset about it on Twitter today where people are upset about things just all the time, uh, and I thought I'd see if that was a thing with either of you guys. So I'm glad we're on the same page. Uh, as far as the news and notes, that's it. Um, you know, Like I said, we're heading into the bye week. Uh, which is which is nice. You know, the Packers need to get nice and healthy, but it also means, you know, relatively slow. People are kind of going home, doing stuff. I did see this is uh, – what is it? This stuff – the uh, eighth straight season, the Packers have gone into the bye with a winning record, which is really, really nice. Um, wow. That makes, that makes me happy. They're 4-0 in 2020. These are all like less than 9-3 and because they've never had a bye this late before. 8-2 uh, and two in 2019 – for a glorious three, two, and one in 2018. Uh, that's where I'll stop because it does not get better than three, two, and one in 2018. Uh, so with no more news and notes, Sarah, we're just going to kick it to you, man. Uh, Rogers 
bye week and all was on Pat McAfee today. What did he have to say for himself? Yeah, so breaking news, uh, Aaron Rodgers finally shaved his beard. So if you're invested in that, um, that you have an answer now. Um, there has been a change. So he's he was all clean shaven. And he said because, you know, he has a birthday coming up. His birthday, when you're listening to this on Wednesday, his birthday is um, tomorrow on Thursday. Um, he's going to be 38 years old. Um, and he wanted to shave for it. But uh, pretty much right away on McAfee this week, he jumped into how good he feels about the Packers being nine and three, especially with all that they've gone through injuries, just everything. Um, we don't need to get into it because you guys already know. Um, and he just mentioned how proud he is of the team, how happy and just almost shocked he is that they've made it to this point. And of course he talked about the good old toe, you know, the one that we all saw on zoom. And now we have to see on our Twitter feed every single day over and over again. He said that the toe feels okay. Um, you know, if you watch the game on Sunday, there were a couple times where it looked like it maybe got stepped on or he fell down and Rogers was a little slow to get up. Um, and they had reported that he, like they injected him with some kind of like numbing pain, um, so that he only felt nine of his toes, but he said it, it definitely wore off throughout the game and he was hurting towards the end. Um, so again, he is sticking by that. He's not going to sit out. He's not going to miss time. Um, he mentioned that surgery is not completely off the table, but it's not highly likely. Um, but that it would be very minor. And like, if he got it on like a Monday, he could probably still play in the game. Um, and he mentioned that they're going to reassess next week when they kind of all get back to the facility and, um, see how he feels. But Dusty and I were talking about it before we started recording and we're like, if he needs surgery, why doesn't he just do it now during the buy where he could have two weeks, but whatever, we're not Aaron Rodgers, so we're not going to get into that. Um, they talked about the. Uh, rushing touchdown, and of course, where Aaron Rodgers, um, he kind of alphaed Jalen Ramsey on the touchdown there. Um, he said, you know, that was not the play design. It was originally either supposed to be a handoff or he was going to look left to Devontae, um, but that he saw Aaron Donald running towards him, and he just went, oh, crap, I have to run. I need to run right now. Um, and just it happened that nobody was there. He did the good old pump fake, and you know the ending of how it worked out for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Um, so that was definitely a fun little bit on the show. Uh, he also went in, and if you're a Devontae Adams fan or you're just a big, you know, football uh, nerd, I don't, I, I don't mean that negatively. I just mean, you know, you're really into it. Um, he talked a lot about Devontae Adams and their relationship. Um, strictly from a football standpoint. So how they kind of communicate on the field, how they communicate before games and, and during practice and talk about, you know, different routes that Devontae's going to run and then how, you know, they slightly change and um, in live play and how Rodgers has to kind of look out for it. So it was definitely interesting. And he went way, way in depth. I know last week we talked about how he just pu- puked and vomited football um, knowledge and speak. And he did that again when he talked about Devontae, and it was really interesting. So definitely check that out if you haven't. He gave A.J. Dillon some love, too. I mean, how can you not mayor of Door County, right? Uh, he talked about how he got the key to the, the city and that he just thinks he's a great kid on and off the field and that he loves what he's doing. Um, so, you know, A.J. Dillon, if you aren't already on that train, go ahead and hop right on it because his stock seems to be going up every single day. 
And of course, they talked about the foot incident with COVID toe and all of that, how the WSJ um, wrote a story that said he had COVID toe. And then he actually said that Andrew, who was the reporter that wrote the story, reached out to the Packers with his number and that then Rogers was able to reach out to him and that they had a conversation about it, um, which Rogers mentioned he thought, in his opinion, it was a good conversation. Um, And then, of course, you know, he had to mention that there were people that attacked him on Twitter about the COVID toe incident and all that. And he kind of got into that. I'm not going to get into it again. You can watch it on the Pat McAfee show if you want to see it, but it was part of the whole Aaron Rodgers COVID toe discussion today or yesterday. And then they talked about the turtleneck and how when Aaron Rodgers wears the turtleneck, he is unstoppable and how he loves playing Um, in November and December. Ty Schmidt, who is a Packers fan, said, you know, I saw that you were wearing the turtleneck and I'm like, we won. The Packers won. That's it. Game over. Ball game. Um, and they had talked about the turtleneck on last week's show. And um, Roger said, you know, I got to the facility a little bit early to get some treatment. I go in and I go to my locker and I see my clothes. You know, I have my pants and, you know, the extra pads and the shirt and the jersey. And I, you know, look through the pile and I see the turtleneck and I go, Ty is going to like that. So shout out to Ty there. Um, And that was really it. Um, There was an interesting uh, hemorrhoids comment from AJ Hawk, which was clipped and reposted everywhere. So you've probably already seen it. Basically, he asked if that was a situation that Aaron Rodgers was dealing with, similar to the toe issue. Does he think it would be national news? So um, there you go, AJ Hawk. Thank you for that. And the book club, Aaron Rodgers book club is also on by this week. So, you know, go ahead and catch up on your other books if you've been following along. But that was pretty much it. And they had a little birthday cake at the end and they called it a week. Nice. Another eventful week. Actually, we didn't talk about the top, but, uh, you know, obviously the Packers went Packers beat the Rams, um, which I don't know how we all felt about the game. I mean, I think we I think we kind of all thought they were going to win or I know Sarah and I, you and I both kind of thought that but it was going to be a tough uh, game. But any surprises for you from that Rams game, Sarah, kind of jump out in terms of either what happened or how it happened? Like any any big takeaways from last week? I just think the way that the defense performed um, specifically was stopping the run. Um, and I don't know if that's just a personal thing I have with Daryl Henderson Jr. Because when he went to Memphis and he played against UCF, he terrorized me for years. Um, and now, like, any time the Packers have played against him, I'm just like, please don't do this to me again. <laughs> um, so I was a little nervous going into the game, but they did well. I think they only gave up, like, an average of, like, three yards per carry, and they held them to, like, 64 total yards or something like that, um, which, you know, last year's defense, that that was unheard of. So they've come a long way. Um, and really, just the main – it wasn't – a, a big surprise to me, but I loved seeing the way that Matt LaFleur coached that game and how he totally kind of kicked McVay's butt um, and out coached him. And people are finally starting to appreciate Matt LaFleur at the national level. We've always appreciated him. Um, and it's, it's really great to see because that guy, he knows what he's doing. I love Matt LaFleur. Steve, thoughts for you on the, on the Rams game. Any, any big takeaways or just general thoughts on it? Overall, I thought the big the big thing was the offensive line. 
I thought they everybody was worried it was going to be this huge flaw for the team, and with Alton Jenkins going down, it was just going to be a, a big struggle for the team. But man, they they stepped up, they performed, and they they kept Rodgers clean for the most part and let him kind of do dance around a little bit here and there, which we all expected. But man, they they put together a really good performance again against such a stout front seven that I, I that it wasn't what I was expecting at all. So I was really impressed by that. And just the fact that they had the game in hand almost like so early into the third quarter, like I I was expecting like a a really close game, kind of like the Vikings coming down to the last snap. And, um, you know, they they were so far comfortably in the lead that, um, you know, they all of a sudden went on on cruise control. And I think that's where the Rams got back into it. So overall, it was a really good game for the offense defense. And I mean, if this offense starts clicking like this, putting up 30 plus points against like a a good defense like the Rams and the defense keeps going, man, that's a that's a recipe for the Super Bowl. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah. Yeah, and I was cringing a little bit when, like, the first half, it just felt like the Packers outplayed them on every single level. And it was like, I don't know, a three-point lead or whatever it was at the half. And it was, oh, man, I hope this isn't one that they'll let slip away because they, they you know, kind of missed some opportunities early that maybe they could have taken advantage of, uh, you know, field goals again instead of touchdowns and just all that kind of stuff. So I'm glad they were able to pull away and make that <laughs> make that kind of easy. Definitely would have been kicking themselves. But overall, like that, I'm with you, Sarah. I mean, really great coached game. I, I love seeing all this stuff with the floor kind of puts in in terms of game planning specific for opponent there's there's just plays he'll kind of work that some of the short game stuff like he'll work that stuff over and over again if he thinks it's going to work and if it is working they'll keep rolling it out so it's definitely something he's improved on in his tenure in green bay and i think that was on full display against the rams just just a fun game just a fun game and then nine and three going into the bye even me and sarah were talking about before just the fact that they're nine and three with the injuries they've had and some of the guy people they've played on the schedule is just it's insane so uh yeah all right we're gonna we're gonna move on. Like I said, bye week. Um, we're not really talking prop bet this week because we'll do that next week. Uh, we're just gonna move into questions. Sarah, you got some Twitter questions for us. You guys came through as always. So uh, what do we got? All right, here we go. Our first question. Oh, this is a good question. And when we were going through it, we were just hoping that Steve would be able to join us because we <laughs> definitely feel like he's gonna have some strong feelings about this one. 
This question's from John, and he wants to know if you can only keep one surprise defensive player. Which one do you keep, Campbell or Douglas? So, Dusty, I'll let you go first. I'm keeping Campbell, and I think it's more just because of what he gives. I think Douglas is uh, Douglas has had some nice plays, like heady player. Uh, you know, seems like he knows what he's doing. Strong guy, uh, good tackler, but like fairly limited in terms of skill set. And he's he's been beat, you know, quite a few times. And that just it doesn't doesn't really get you, get you just like, you know, some of the pick sixes and some of the really big plays do. So I think just as far as what he gives you, I think he's a little limited. Campbell is Campbell's good. I like Campbell. Like we were, we were kind of joking earlier. I'm I'm not a guy who thinks that inside linebacker is a huge cornerstone spot. You don't pour a lot of money into that. You don't put a whole lot of draft capital. But it's less of a generational guy. So I'm not paying a ton for Campbell, but if you can bring him back, he's done some really good things in the middle. I mean, he's been kept clean. The front's been really, really good. I mean, for me, that's been the big thing has been the front's been really good, but he's, he's a smart guy. He knows where to be good explosion attacks when he needs to. Like, I just think of those two guys, Campbell's the guy that can kind of anchor that position in a way that, that Douglas, I mean, if everyone's healthy, uh, you know, Russell Douglas is, is what, Dimeback at best or something like he's he's perfectly fine. Um, he's not great, and and I mean Campbell is an above average linebacker. So I'm going to take the above average linebacker over the guy who is likely QB five, QB six, and a healthy cornerback room. Yeah, I can't really uh, disagree with you too much there. I mean, and normally it'd be like, oh, I got to beat the drum for Campbell, but I mean, as you just said, like Rasul Douglas has been. A great in-season addition, man. You mm-hmm. can't you can't complain about anything he's been doing. But the Rams game alone, like he's got the pick six, that's a great thing. Then he gets burned by OBJ. And don't get me wrong, I know I know Amos was supposed to be over the top. He bit on the slant, so did Douglas, and all of a sudden he was gone. So he should have had some help there, but whatever. And it's the up and downness of Douglas that. The, the non-consistency where Devondre Campbell has been here for the whole season has been performing for the whole season. And like, if you get Jair back, you've got Stokes, you've got Kevin King. Um, yeah. Like you said, he's number four, maybe number five in your cornerback room versus number one in your inside linebacker room. And you don't have a lot more depth there, uh, talented depth there. So yeah, pretty, pretty simple. I would be, I'd be keeping Devondre Campbell. Alrighty, and then we have a question from Don. Um, do you listen to your games on mute, and why or why not? Sometimes I will. It de- it, it depends. I usually will watch with sound on. Now, if I've got the kids around, usually it's on mute because my daughter is really into. She likes to write books. She's writing her own books now, and she says <laughs> that the sound distracts her, and so I have to I have to mute it so the sound doesn't distract her. But if it's a really bad announcing team, and I'm not, I mean, you know, I. I don't do this for a lot, but this was it was standard when it was, uh, you know, Booger and Tessator, the Monday night uh, Monday night crew. <laughs> it was I would I would every week, man, it was a like clockwork every single week. I'd tune in and within five minutes. Like, why am I listening to this? So I'd just mute it and I'd throw music on. I, li- I listen to music a lot. I'm a big fan of music. I listen to it all day at work. And so I, you know, if I'm watching the TV, I can keep up with the game. I mean, there's a couple of things you miss here and there with that. The announcers will fill you in. And for the most part, if you're paying attention, I mean, I don't really feel like I miss a ton. So there's times that sometimes I'll just mute it and throw music on. But it's it's generally if it's just bad announcers, I just don't feel like listening to them. I do not mute. Um, I think back in the day, maybe used to do it when you'd want to get uh, Wayne and Larry on a call and you'd have to time up your TV with DVR and all that <laughs> stuff. Well, 
I don't have DVR anymore. I just have the, uh, the, not the bunny ears, but the little antenna thing that helps you get TV, local TV. So that's all I do for the television, for live TV. So uh, it would be unbelievably difficult. And plus, I, you know, having been in the broadcasting industry for a long time, it's a very, very difficult job to do, to call play-by-play, to do the, like, color analysts, all that kind of stuff. Those are very difficult things to do, even though they seem like they're super easy. So I always kind of have a good respect for the people that have the ability to do it and get paid to do it professionally. So I always like listening to the calls of other people. And uh, so, yeah, I always keep uh, never, never muted. I can't remember the last time I did mute the muted game to listen to something else. Yeah, and I'll, I'll chime in on this one. I I listen to them always just because when I'm writing my recaps, it's a lot easier to have sound on and be able to hear um, what they're saying. Like if I'm taking notes and, you know, Aaron Rodgers throws a 42-yard pass to Devontae Adams. It's a lot easier when I'm typing to be like, okay, you know, on third and five, Aaron Rodgers, and then usually Joe Buck or whoever it is is like, it's a 42-yard gain. And then I'm like, great. And I can just write that down and I don't have to look it up or anything. So I definitely listen because it's helpful um, when writing a recap like that. Um, And then we have a question from Mike. This is a good one. That's a two-part question. First part is, what game are you prioritizing this week since Green Bay is on a bye? And then the second part, where are you in your Christmas prep with gift decorations, with gifts, decorations, et cetera? So, Dusty, I believe you have a list of the games for this week, which yeah. are really just god awful. So yeah, Sarah, yeah, Sarah and I were going through this ahead of time, and I just started – I was cackling by the second game. I was like, well, who, made, who made this group of games? It's, it's, it's terrible. So – uh, a couple good ones in here. So I'm going to read this off, and then, Sarah, I'll kick it to you for your pick, and then we'll we'll do them. So we kick it off on Thursday night with Cowboys in, at Saints. You you remember the Saints, Trevor Simeon's their quarterback, and Mike McCarthy's not coaching this no, week. Because of no, isn't it, it's going to be um, Taysom Hill. Is it Taysom is it? Hill? I think it's, it is. Hey, Steve, guess what? That's way it better now. Matter. It's way better it's now. <laughs> One of them can run. Guess what? Neither of them can throw. Maybe that makes it a little better, but it's Cowboy Saints. Maybe not the worst game in the world, but, you know, Thursday night. It's a Thursday night game. We're going to kick it to Sunday. On Sunday, we've got Giants at Dolphins, Colts at Texans, Vikings at Lions, Eagles at Jets, Cardinals at Bears, Chargers at Bengals. That one's intriguing. Bucks at Falcons, Jags at Rams. Football team at Raiders, Ravens at Steelers, 49ers at Seahawks, Sunday night, Broncos at Chiefs, and to cap it off, probably the game of the week, honestly, it's Patriots at Bills. An ugly, ugly slate. So, Sarah, what what game and this just mishmash of garbage are you prioritizing <laughs> this weekend? Yeah, I mean, this is horrible. We were laughing so hard going through this before because it was just one of those things where it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And then you get to Monday <laughs> night and you're like, oh, Okay, not bad. (laughs) They gave us Um, a present. So at this point, I'm rooting for pure chaos. So I'm going to prioritize the Giants and Dolphins game. Never thought I would say that in my life. I truly think it's going to be horrible, but in the way that it's so bad, it's pretty entertaining. Um, So that's that's what I'm going to go with. What about you? I'm I'm I like that pick because I'm always a fan of if a game's going to be bad, make it comically terrible. Like just really like god awful quarterback play. Which these guys, you know, they 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 are capable of being competent uh, in games. So we'll see. But there are if it's a really bad quarterback matchup, I love that. I'm going to go um, that Monday night matchup. 
uh, I think is going to be great. I'm excited about that one, which, which means it's going to be terrible. That Chargers Bengals game, um, I think is going to be good. You know, the Bengals blew out the Steelers, whatever this past weekend, uh, but they've shown enough flashes. You know, they're, they're feisty. I think they're putting some stuff together. I kind of like what they're doing. The Chargers are just so up and down, like talent on the offensive side. Uh, but they just they're a mess defensively and they also have some issues offensively as well, like they'll run to speed bump. So to me, that's kind of a what what version of each team shows up, because if it's the good Chargers and the good Bengals, that could be a tremendous game. And I don't know the last time I've said that about a Bengals game. So I think <laughs> that's the one in that one o'clock slot that I'm really looking for. But they, again, the game of the week looks like the Monday night game. Steve, where are you at? I don't know. Uh, Eagles Jets. I, Is it Eagles Jets, Steve? <laughs> well, unfortunately, I don't have ESPN, so I won't be able to watch the one game of the week I actually would have wanted to watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I keep scrolling up and down. I'm like, well, which game would I want? I don't know if I would want to watch anything. I think the only thing that kind of stands out for me is just NFC North is Vikings-Lions because it's – you never know what the what's going to happen, and the Lions, I'm assuming, are going to be a home dog, and that's always an interesting interesting deal when that happens. So, Dan Campbell getting his first win against a Vikings team, I think that would be a a really cool thing, a really exciting thing, if if anything. But I guarantee you, there's no way in hell I actually turn that game on. <laughs> more, more, all those points are more than fair. <laughs> so i made plenty of plenty of good points and then i still said i'm not gonna watch it anyway <laughs> that's the one i prioritize that being said <laughs> i would prioritize monday night but i don't have espn so i can't uh yeah all right and then the second part of the question was where are you in your christmas prep packers football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find packer tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Recently, I was just able to pick up tickets to Packers Vikings in Minnesota, going to be heading west for that game, attending my first game in the new Viking Stadium. Cannot wait for that. Let me tell you, it was so incredibly easy to use TickPick. No awful service fees. I cannot recommend it enough. And the easiest way to do so is by going to TickPick.com slash Packaday today to save $10 on your first order of Packers tickets or any other tickets that you want to purchase. We're looking pretty good, man. We got a uh, Christmas tree up and bought and decorated and all that. And presents, uh, for the most part, bought. I guess I need to get some stuff for the kids. But, I, you know, honestly, for sitting here, we're recording this, uh, you know, technically still in November here. I think I'm doing pretty good. I think I'm, I'm feeling good about Christmas prep this year. I uh, The inside of the house is decorated. Tree is up. All the Christmas stuff is out. Uh, stockings are up. We still need to get the lights up outside. So that is hopefully as long as it's going to be warm enough this weekend to do that. And the only other thing uh, outside, I, all presents need to be bought. We haven't done any of that yet. But the only thing I need to do and have my daughter work with me is to convince my wife because she decided that she wants a uh, very large Santa Claus inflatable in the front yard, which I am 100% on board with, and my wife does not like them. So uh, I've, I have a couple up for Halloween every year, and she thinks they look 
horrible, but I, the kids love them. I love them. So we're, we're working on her. So it's either going to be a large Santa Claus or the one that I saw last year that I really wanted and didn't get was the storm, uh, not a stormtrooper. Um, go oh, now I'm not going to be able to remember what the, what, what it was. The, the big thing from star Wars, um, Oh, the AT-ATs, the ATAGs. Okay. Yeah, those. And so they have one of those and they have, uh, they put Christmas lights on it, like in loose terms, but it's a huge inflatable, like eight feet tall. Okay. And I wanted it. I want that. And, Chris, and Kristen has looked at me and was like, how is that a Christmas thing? I'm like, it has Christmas lights on it. Mm-hmm. That, that argument didn't work for me. So like it's, it's a valid argument. I, don't I thought so. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Our next question is from Gabriel Albright, and they want to know, would you prefer to keep Douglas and Campbell and let Adams walk or let Douglas and Campbell walk and keep Adams? Dusty. I I would do ungodly things to make sure Adams stays. No. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Adams is like potentially the best receiver in the league. Like if not, like, he is top two, top three. Like he's he's certainly up there. And Campbell is a very good linebacker. And Russell Douglas, we just mentioned, is I don't know, cornerback five, cornerback six. So yeah, no, you make that trade one thousand times out of one thousand. All right. So who's better? Who's better than Adams at this point? Then, if you just said he's I'm, maybe, I'm still a very big DeAndre Hopkins fan. I think I think people still don't recognize how good DeAndre Hopkins is. That's why I said like you know top okay. two because I think it's I think it's I think it's Hopkins is is still in that conversation. No comment on that. Dustin. Okay, okay, good to know. All right, I think we can move to the next. Does Dusty question. have like an Arizona Cardinals shirt underneath yeah, or seriously. something like that? Like what the hell? Well, you know, my number two wide receiver is Rondell Moore, so maybe. <laughs> <laughs> did you see what OBJ I did? I think he's still top three. I think he's still top three. <laughs> he was playing with a back injury. He did really well. It's a good, all good point, Steve. Mm-hmm. Our next question is from Matt Pickett. With the Packers on bye week, let's talk about the confusing state of the AFC. Which of their teams do you think has a shot at the Super Bowl and why? And then bonus question, what's your favorite quote or scene from a holiday movie and why? Steve, why don't you start with this and give us a non-boring, super exciting answer? All right. Uh, As far as teams in the AFC that look good, I mean, New England has been really taken off, I think, for the last six or so weeks have, have been consistent. Their defense is getting better. Mac Jones is getting better. Buffalo's up and down, so I'm not really sold on them. Baltimore um, looks pretty good defensively. They're, they're, they're a top team again, so if Lamar Jackson's healthy and able to do some things, then you know that's a team to reckon with. Uh, Tennessee losing Derrick Henry, not great, but they're still finding ways to win. Indy, not really scared of them. And then Kansas City. I think Kansas City and New England are the top teams right now that would be my two picks to meet in the AFC Championship and and kind of go from there. But outside of that, I, I mean, I feel like the Packers have a legitimate chance to match up against both of those teams, so I wouldn't be worried about either of those. And then as far as a top quote from, what was it, a Christmas movie? Yeah. Holiday movie. Holiday movie. Holiday movie. Holiday movie. Um, shitter's full. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the best one. You look so proud of it when you said it, too. Uh, well, it took him a minute, too, and he was confident when he said it, which I appreciated. Um, the fun thing with the AFC is that it can be like it can be any team and no team. It just depends on the week. Any given team can scare you, and then every single team can look absolutely terrible. So, I mean, I think I'm with you for the most part, Steve. I think, you know, the way New England's been playing, especially Kendrick Bourne is kind of like that, you know, not necessarily speedster, but a big play guy. Like, they've got some of that aspect in it. You know, Belichick's going to figure some of that stuff out. You knew they were going to mold the offense, and Mac Jones, I think, has his limitations, sure, but came in as likely the most, like, pro-ready plug-and-play guy now. And and as soon as he went to the – like, if he went to the Bears, I would have made fun of the Bears mercilessly because they don't they don't have – the infrastructure in place to to make sure that works but as soon as you went to the Patriots like okay yeah he's gonna be good there so uh you know I still don't know if they're perfect but I think they're the team they're complete and you know they're well coached I'm with you on Buffalo if Buffalo hits um if they get on like a consistent streak yeah we've just seen so much inconsistency from them and you know like Josh Allen had a good year last year and I still don't really trust him in big moments he's just he just seems like a guy who's always like one bad play away from doing something real, real dumb, um, which which you may see in big moments. But I think to me, it's it's the Patriots. And then, like you said, I mean, I think the, the, the Colts get hot, maybe, but they still have Carson Wentz. Uh, I think the defense yeah. is good, but they have Carson Wentz uh, just doing Wentz things. Um, and then the Chiefs just because of the Chiefs. I mean, they haven't looked like themselves, but. I mean, if that if that hits, they're starting to lean on that running game. Clyde Edwards Alaire is getting healthy. If they start kind of playing it a little bit more, and those and the deep stuff opens up, uh, I, I they could certainly still still make it happen. So I think if I was only to pick two, I think it's New England and Kansas City, just because they're they're the teams that I think have the have the horses and have that pedigree to do it. And I don't trust anyone else at this point. And then right. best quote from a holiday movie: I can't say most of it. It's Yippee Kaye, and then you can you can. Mm-hmm. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. All right. Our next question is from Brian Hartstad, and he says, love Packaday podcast. Look forward to each week of Wednesday wisdom. How do you see the final five weeks of the season playing out? And then what is your favorite holiday drink? So Dusty, let's go to you first. I think it plays out well. I mean, there's some teams that, you know, Steve, one of them, you mentioned the AFC with, you know, that, that, I don't know, necessarily scares you, scares you. Just imagine what, what week they catch you on. But so after the bye, they've got the bears, then they go to Baltimore for the Ravens, then at home for the Browns and the Vikings and finish up uh, at the Lions in Detroit. So none of those teams on their face really scare you. I mean, Baltimore, again, the defense and the pressure they bring, that could, you know, that could mess you up a little bit. And if Lamar's on a game, not like what we saw against Cleveland, uh, that could scare you a little bit. And the Browns, um, 
their defense is good. Like they still have a really solid defensive line, and they've got like you know, Greg Newsom's been doing tremendous in the secondary. Like they've got they've got guys in the in the secondary to make your life miserable. That offense is just especially Baker Mayfield's like half of his body doesn't work and he's only like passable when he's fully healthy, but they still keep trotting him out there. Uh, like that's a team that if they're on a good week, they, they could hurt you. But I mean, I don't know the bears Vikings Lions, and those are all divisional games and the lions just beat the Packers, but it, none of those games really scare me. So I, I mean, I think if I'm being pessimistic, they lose two. I think realistically I can, I see them losing one and then dropping two. If they start love to, to end the season just because they've already got the one seed locked up. I don't think they will. Um, so I think, I think they're going last five. I think they're going four and one. And favorite the holiday, drink. holiday drink. Oh, uh, hot apple cider and fireball. Steve. Yeah. I, uh, I, I kind of am right on board with you. I pulled the schedule up just to take a look and four and one sounds just about right. I was giving them a loss to when they travel to the Ravens, but even then, like that's not, that's not a lot for the Ravens just to win that outright. No, uh, every everything else, I feel like home against the Browns, home against the Vikings, at the Lions, like those all feel very comfortable to me. Even if Jordan Love starts against the Lions, I still feel okay. I still feel okay <laughs> yeah. uh, that that still could be a victory. So, I mean, the O ten and one right now, Detroit Lions. I, I feel like Jordan Love could probably command a, a and and pull a victory out. So, yeah, I I, I as long as no other major injuries happen. They start to get a couple guys back. Jair comes back. Bakhtiari comes back. Even if Zadarius comes back, like just huge additions um, that are coming to both sides of the ball. And yeah, that's, that's huge. So hopefully I, I that was exactly what I thought Dusty was four and one. Um, and that was being to me a bit, a, a little, a little pessimistic of man, eh, probably going to lose one out of the next five. So yeah, I'd say four and one and then holiday drink, you know, Starbucks, a peppermint mocha or peppermint latte. Yeah, whatever they have. This is a peppermint latte is, dude, that's that's outstanding. Um, I can't, you know, drink too many of them because they're not great for you. But holy God, like (laughs) 8 a.m. driving around to go visit clients and you got a a peppermint drink with a little whipped cream on top. Yeah, that'll that'll hit pretty good in the wintertime. So. All righty. Our next question is from Hyon and he wants to know. Which would you rather see in a home playoff game? Tom Brady and the Bucks revenge game or the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy oh. return to Green Bay? This is a great question. That is a good question. I'm I'm taking the Bucks. I want to see him beat Brady. I've seen him beat Brady regular season. I was there for that Patriots game in 14. Uh, I mean, not that he beats Brady. It's the defense and blah, blah, whatever. But I think just based on, you know, how last year ended and what the Bucs ended up doing and all of that. And I just, I just want, I want them to beat the Bucs. I like the, I like the McCarthy thing. I'd be fine with them meeting either one of them. I mean, the storylines are going to be crazy either way, Uh, but I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'd like to see him beat the Bucs just, just because of the way last year ended. I think I'd say, Bucks in the semis, Dallas in the AFC champion or NFC championship, and then go into the Super Bowl. So, uh, but uh, it's like Sophie's choice, man. Like you want both. Like I want to see Brady cry. I want to see Mark McCarthy like super red face screaming at the referees and you know throwing his challenge flag. That everybody's like, why would you throw that challenge flag? There's no way you're gonna win that. Like I just want to relive all those things. Um, but if I have to choose just one, 
I want to see them. I want to see him beat Mike McCarthy. I think that would bring, that would bring me a little bit more joy than than beating Tom Brady. I think. All righty, our next question is from Mark, and he wants to know: Dylan saw twice as many carries as Jones this week. Is this because of the current state of the O line, Jones is fresh? fresh injury or just specific to the game plan for the Rams. Do you see their usage reverting to the way it was earlier this season? Will there be more to back sets? So Dusty, this seems like a perfect question for you. So I'm going to let you take this one. I think it's a little bit of game plan for the Rams and Jones's injury. I think Jones was so uncertain heading up to the game. I mean, we thought he was, I know me, I thought he was done for the year when an injury happened. I mean, you see a guy holding his knee and like in tears on the sideline, you think that's it from the, for the year. And, you know, I don't know if the, I don't think the Packers believe that they've, they've got their doctor, they've got all that information and everything, but I don't think they expect him to play. And, and the one things I just gone through watching the entire game they normally, you know, they base their system out of out of wide zone run, and they mix other stuff in as well. But wide zone outside outside zone, where you get, and the difference is in wide zone, you've get this kind of lateral movement of the offensive line. So they're all kind of they say it's elephants on parade. It's the it's they're moving sideways. You hand the ball off to the running back, and then he's looking. You know, he's flowing with the line, but he's looking for his cutback lanes. That's that's wide zone in a nutshell. And then inside zone is kind of your more power look. You you mix some duo in there as well, but for the most part, it's you got your guys in what looks like more traditional run blocking but from a from a zone sense so you're not pulling guys but you're trying to get double teams up front because you're trying to create zones you're instead of looking for a cutback instead of following the line you're you're looking for specific you're trying to hit this gap because they're trying to double team and move up kind of what you think in terms of of, of traditional run blocking traditionally the packers run wide zone you know the bulk of the time and then they'll run inside zone when they need to, you know, when Dylan's in there or short yardage or something, they'll run inside zone, I don't know, 20% of the time on a given week. I, I've not run the numbers. Um, so let's just say that that's how it feels. They ran inside zone 80, 90, 90% of the time against the Rams, like just went straight at them in a way that I've not seen them do so far. And to me, that screams, okay, it's either they wanted to attack this defensive line because they felt like it was Donald and they could get Donald with, you know, double or triple teams and no one else really scared them. So they wanted to attack them down instead of attacking them laterally because they'd rather attack that defensive line than, than try the edges, try it against that speed. But it also kind of tells me they were game planning for Dylan because Dylan is a perfectly fine wide zone runner. I like him there, but he's a very good inside zone runner. So to me, that feels like they game plan for inside zone because I knew they had Dylan and then Jones was kind of not necessarily a game time decision, but they didn't think he was going to play or they didn't know he was going to play. So once it was like, okay, we are not switching up the entire, our entire run zone stuff for him. Um, we're still going bulk inside zone and Dylan's the guy, but also why throw a guy out there that they just made active like a couple hours before the game or the day before the game often injured knee and throw him out there and say, okay, now you're 60% of the snaps. That doesn't make any sense. So I think, I think the bulk of it is game plan. I think they said, okay, we're, we're attacking these guys this way because that's what Dylan's good at and that's where we feel good at. And then also it was we don't need to overtax Aaron Jones um, because he, he's injured. So I think it's I think it's those two things combined. Uh, I do think we're still going to see some of the two-back stuff. I think some of the pony pack stuff they're doing with Jones and Dylan worked really well with Cobb and Dylan as well. So I think we're going to start seeing that in the mix as well. But I do think they're going to ease Jones back in even after the bye. I wouldn't be shocked to see Dylan get – the bulk of the snaps just to make sure Jones is 100% for the playoffs and not push that knee injury, especially with the schedule we just looked at. I don't think they're going to have to. So I think Dylan, I mean, Dylan in December is something people aren't going to want to face. Uh, and I just think, I think he's going to be kind of RB1 or RB1A at least for this run here, just based on 
based on Jones's health and just trying to make sure that he's healthy. I think that's that's kind of where I sit on it. Steve, anything to add to that? Oh, yeah, lots and lots and lots to add. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that Aaron Jones was coming off an injury, so they wanted to be able to use him if they needed to because going into the bye week, I really think you, you, you want to avoid going into the bye with a loss, so they were going to try if he was ready to go. And, I mean, let's be honest. The Packers are normally very, very, very cautious with injuries. And so if they felt he was okay to be on the field, I felt that that was a, like, you know, that's something. Okay, let's trust the trainers. Let's trust the coaches that that's, they feel it's okay. So they weren't going to, like Dusty said, they weren't going to overstress him. They weren't going to put him out there too much. But he's a weapon. And if you can use him even as a decoy of, like, that, that's something the Rams defense had to take into account that he was out there. That opens up a couple other things. So I think using him like that was a a smart move. They didn't go over the top and didn't, you know, he didn't re-injure himself. So that's a great thing. And he gets now some extra time on the bye week to get fully healthy and ready to go. And I kind of, I kind of expect him to come back to the the one Dylan to be the one A and, uh, you know, a little bit of light thunder and lightning, you know, Dylan trucking people, Jones, running by people and uh, taking them all the way to the Super Bowl. Love it. All right. Our last question is from Cole and he wants to know if you could guarantee two of Jarier, Zedarius and Bakhtiari would be healthy after the bye and healthy the rest of the season. But the third player would miss the rest of the season. Which two would you pick? Dusty. Bakhtiari and Jair. I mean, to me, the trailer's so easy. I love Z. Um, you know, he, obviously, he's he's just a force, man, when he's in. But I think with with how they've kind of structured some of their their pressure packages, where they're not kind of going nuts, they're more about kind of compressing the pocket and from all sides, from the interior and outside. And with you know Clark being just an absolute monster, man, and then Dean Lowry playing way well, and Kiki playing well, and you know Lancaster doing all right, and and Slayton showing flashes, and then. Preston Smith playing, I mean, career best football right now. And Rashawn Gary just being totally unlocked. I mean, that that pass rush is it's making even if it's not they're not picking up, you know, boatloads of sacks, they're making quarterbacks uncomfortable. Like even, you know, some of the I think I can't remember if it's a Stafford pick six or one of the other plays, like they just they compress the pocket where they they did not give Stafford a chance to to step up. It was it was the strip sack. So it was just, it was the Gary strip sack that Stafford was looking to throw. But even if he'd been able to throw, I don't know that that pass gets completed because he's he has nowhere to step up because Lowry's in his lap. Like they just they're doing such a good job with who they have, and I think Z kind of takes it up another level. But they're not hurting there. And not necessarily they're hurting the other places either, but Bakhtiari, as well as, you know, Nyman's been playing, Bakhtiari's better, and he solidifies that left side. And the secondary's been all right, but I'd rather have Jair out there than Russell Douglas or Jair, you know, maybe, you know, King and Stokes are healthy, Jair bumped to the star, and then he's the guy in the slot as opposed to Chan and Sullivan. I don't think that happens, but it gives them the flexibility. I mean, Jair is cornerback one, like a top five corner in the league. Uh, and Z is a very good pass rusher, you know, and, and Bakhtiari, you know, again, we don't know what he's going to be like, but if he's hundred percent healthy, top five left tackle in the league, Z is very, very good. But I just think that's, that's where they one of their strengths is right now. So to me, it's, it's, it's easy. It's Bakhtiari and Jair. I mean, you stole my answer. So it's, I mean, it, it, no, nothing wrong with that. Like it's, it's pretty obvious. I mean, the way the defense is playing, like you want, you want Jair as the number one lockdown 
cornerback, you want the left tackle, number one lockdown left tackle. And again, love Z, but man, he's coming off a back injury and you have no idea how he's going to be performing. So that's a scary, scary thing. And so if you get those those two performing at the high levels that they normally perform at, that you can put Stokes on a number two wide receiver all of a sudden, Kevin King on a, a three, like it just makes your defense even better. And Bakhtiari locking down the offensive line makes that even better. So, yeah, pretty pretty uh, clear-cut answer. All righty. Well, that's going to wrap it up for the mailbag this by week. Thank you guys for sending in those questions and actually giving us something to talk about. That was great. Um, <laughs> so, Steve, we'll kick it to you for final thoughts. Yeah, uh, not, nothing too much. Just um, overall, you know, as we've talked about many times, uh, if you guys ever have things you need to talk about, DMs are always open. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be about football, just anything you're going through. You need somebody random to vent things to. Uh, I'm open. I know the uh, these two guys are open too. So we'd love to help out wherever we can. But, you know, just try to be nice to people. You never, you never really fully know what's going on in somebody else's life. So I know Twitter is a super positive place that everybody gets to, you know, voice their opinions and nobody argues with ever, but uh, yeah, to be a kind of a, a light of, of a little bit of positivity. I'd love to, if anybody needs help, I'd love to talk to them. So uh, feel free to DM me, but um, yeah, besides that, uh, enjoy the bye week and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Yeah. And I echo everything Steve said. Um, and I've got, you know, normal stuff yesterday over on pack report. I wrote about the Gary strip sack, um, which was a lot of fun today at pack report. I've got the kind of the, what you call the Devonte Adams bubble RPO constraint, basically the one where he in the fourth quarter where he kind of fakes that, that bubble wide receiver screen motion and then Ramsey attacks. And then he just cuts back on the slant. Beautiful play. So I kind of talk about I don't know, the nature of RPOs and like what you're doing with those constraint plays and then kind of look at that play. So that was really good. Cause I mean, that, that play is just, just a beautiful, just a lovely, lovely play. Uh, and then over on she said today, I've got passing chronicles. So going through, I think six plays, uh, talking some, four verts uh stick slant flat just kind of a lot of the quick game stuff and some of the deeper shots they took as well and then i'm also kind of i'm trying to work in some uh some video breakdowns as well where i kind of do voiceovers i did rasul douglas uh the pick six uh today over on youtube i'm gonna be putting that over on Substack, and i've got some other ones lined up that i'm hoping to get to uh tomorrow uh you know looking at you know one of the ones i'm looking at is is the first big touchdown to van jefferson and kind of what the defense was doing there and why they were doing it and the offense what they were doing and all of that stuff so uh i think i've got i don't know 10 different plays i'm hoping to look at there so those are coming at some point just don't know when or where um but i don't know keep an eye out because i'm sure i won't shut up about them all righty good stuff and yeah i'll have my game recap in two weeks i'm on by um this week as well which is kind of nice to have a full weekend um but um on saturday we're recording later this week but it'll be live on saturday uh don and matt from hey we like your pod invited me on their show oh so nice I will be a guest on their show uh, for their Saturday podcast. So definitely keep an eye out for that. We're going to talk a little bit about my like current job and how it kind of helps me with Packers writing and how my worlds kind of collide in a way. So I haven't really talked about that a ton. So excited to get to know them both better and dive a little deeper into that. And also, of course, about the Packers and they hand out superlatives every week. So I'm going to join in on that fun. So it should be a good time, but. Uh, like both these guys said, you know, 
treat people with kindness, be there, try to be a light. Um, and we will see you guys next week. There is an actual Packers game to talk about again. But for now, enjoy the bye. Enjoy all those garbage football games and not have to worry about your team losing. <laughs> so as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast, at Steve Perhatch, at Dusty Evely, and at Sarah Kelher 4. And we will see you guys next Wednesday. As always, go Pack Go! Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.